the first chapter of the American Bible Society's 2023 State of the Bible report came out recently, and they polled over 2,700 folks, a representative of all 50 states, and uh, they were uh, trying to uh, find out different results, uh, but one of the main results they found, among others, was that the number of uh, people in the United States who prioritize Bible reading continues to decline. 39% of the United States population was defined as Bible users. Now, the criteria for Bible user uh, that they used is someone who reads, listens to, or prays with the Bible on their own three to four times a year outside a church service or church event. Not a high bar to hit. This 39%, they reported, was the lowest percentage since the Bible report started back in 2011. This report, the survey, was designed to measure people's level of hope. And people were asked to rank their level of agreement or disagreement on a scale. They were asked to level, uh, they were asked to rank their level of agreement or disagreement, describing their feelings to this statement. When an outcome desire seems unlikely or even impossible, people were asked to rank their feelings according to these responses. I am determined to see things to the end. I will keep trying. I won't give up. I am motivated to wait for a successful outcome. Again, the statement, when an outcome desire seems unlikely or impossible, they were asked to rank their level of agreement to disagreement with those four responses. The report concluded this, in dealing with the struggles of life, people who are engaged with the Bible have far more hope than others. This really shouldn't surprise us or shock us. God's word to us is full of God's blessings for us. A couple of those blessings we know, one is that as we get into God's word, God's word gets in us. God's word fills us with all his many blessings for us, which includes hope. As Paul told us, Romans 15, verse 4, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope, say hope, through the endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. The more time we spend with God in his word, the more hope and encouragement we receive from God in his word. As we trust in the Lord with all our heart, as we lean out on our own understanding, as we think about God in all our ways, he will make our path straight. As we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. As we hope and trust in the Lord, we will renew our strength. We will will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary, and we 
will walk and not be faint. As we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up in his time. As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. As we remain in Jesus, Jesus will remain in us and we will bear much fruit. As we walk by the Spirit, we will not certainly carry out the desires of our flesh. As we get into God's Word, God's Word gets into us. And that's a blessing for you and for me. A second blessing is we get into God's Word, God helps us to obey His Word. As Paul told us, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. That means God is the one working in us to give us the desire and the strength to do what he says. And what God says is best for us and those around us. So the more we get into God's word, the more he empowers us, fills us with the desire and the strength to do what he says, which we know is best for us and all those around us. And so we go once again to the word of God this morning uh, to find more hope and encouragement for us. Open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 2. We are unpacking God's truth for our lives and relationships in this letter from Paul to Titus and to us. And so we know that uh, God brought us here today on purpose. What may seem random or routine to us is not to God. God's going to speak to us by his Holy Spirit through the preaching and teaching of his holy word. And God is going to speak to us, and what he's going to speak to us is also going to come with a call for faith from us. Whatever God says to you and whatever God says to me this morning, it's going to include a call for faith from us. The reason we know this is because God told us in his word, without faith, it's impossible for us to please him. When God speaks to us, he wants a response of faith and obedience from us. So God's intentional, God's purposeful. He's brought us here for his purposes. He's now speaking to us. He has been speaking to us. He's going to continue to speak to us. And as he speaks to us, he's going to minister to us in all the many different ways that we need to be ministered. But the one correlation that he's going to have for all of us is that he's going to require faith from us. He wants us to respond to him this morning by faith in obedience to him. As whatever he calls us to, he wants us to follow him this morning. So Father, we pray right now as you unpack your truth for our lives. We know your spirit lives within us and we know your spirit is speaking to us. We know your word is not going to return to you empty. It's not going to return void. It's going to accomplish what you please and it's going to prosper in what you send it to do. And so Father, we trust that you're now going to continue working in us, both the will and the work to give us the desire and the strength for your good purposes. God, thank you that your purposes are good for us, that your plan is good for us, that your words to us are best for us this morning. Can't wait to hear what you have to say so that we can apply them in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Let's look, Titus chapter two in verse one, but you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. But you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Paul said, but you, your translation may read, but as for you. Notice Paul, as he began chapter 2, he pointed us back 
to the end of chapter 1. But you. Points us back to the end of chapter 1. As we ended chapter 1, we know from last week that Paul was unmasking the false teachers in Crete. Paul told us they were rebellious, empty-talking, smooth deceivers. They were false teachers who were overturning, upsetting, ruining the faith of families in the churches in Crete by teaching things they shouldn't. They were motivated by greed. They claimed to know God with their words, but denied knowing God with their works. They were detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. Paul left no doubts or questions for us about these false teachers who were under the sway of Satan, the evil one. And so as he transitions into verse 1 of chapter 2, Paul writes to Titus, But you, Titus and the elders in Crete, but you are different than the false teachers. But you have been saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus. But you are to preach, teach, and live different through Jesus. But you are to hold on to the faithful messages taught so that you may encourage God's people with sound teaching and contradict those who, and, and, and refute those who contradict it. You see, Paul focused on sound biblical leadership in chapter 1. Paul focused on sound biblical teaching in chapter 2. But you are to proclaim. Proclaim means to speak, to preach, to teach. Proclaim is a present active imperative. That means it is a command to be obeyed every day. It's not a suggestion to be considered. And so Paul told Titus, you and the elders are to proclaim, speak, preach, and teach. But you are to proclaim things consistent. Following in verse 1 right there, things consistent. Things means words and actions. But you are to proclaim, speak, preach, and teach things, words, and actions consistent. Consistent means words and actions that are fitting, that are appropriate, that are proper, that follow in agreement with. But you are to proclaim things consistent with, that follow in agreement, that are fitting, that are proper, that are appropriate, words and actions that follow in agreement with sound teaching. Sound means free from error. It means healthy. It means pure. It means right. Teaching means doctrine or instruction. Again, it's a reference. It's pointing to, Paul's pointing to God's word. So what Paul is saying here is, is several things. Sound teaching is healthy and safe for us as followers of Jesus. False teaching is unhealthy and dangerous for us as followers of Jesus. Titus and the elders and pastors in Crete were to proclaim, speak, preach, and teach things, words, and actions that were consistent, fitting, appropriate, in line and in agreement with the sound teaching, the pure, right teaching of God's word. So elders, the point Paul is making here at the very beginning of chapter 2, verse 1, as we've culminated through chapter 1 and we get to chapter 2, what he's saying here is this, elders must preach and teach sound doctrine and sound living. Sound doctrine 
and sound living. Paul linked our beliefs with our behaviors. He linked our beliefs to our behaviors. Sound teaching helps us to do what God wants us to do. Sound teaching helps us to say what God wants us to say. Sound teaching helps us to live the way God wants us to live. Sound teaching helps us to love the way God wants us to love. Sound teaching helps us to lead the way God wants us to lead. Sound teaching helps us to serve the way God wants us to serve. Sound teaching helps us to comfort the way God wants us to comfort. Sound teaching helps us to encourage the way God wants us to encourage. Sound teaching helps us to forgive the way God wants us to forgive. Sound teaching helps us to minister the way God wants us to minister. Sound teaching helps us to witness the way God wants us to witness. Sound teaching helps us to worship the way God wants us to worship. Sound teaching must be connected with sound living. Right doctrine must be connected with right living. And so we see this is vitally important for Paul to get this message to Titus. We actually see Paul emphasized the priority of proclaiming things, words, and actions that are consistent with sound teaching, the sound truth of God's word. He emphasized this to Titus in chapter 1, in verse 1, the very first verse. Look back to chapter 1, verse 1 real quick of Titus. He told us this, and now he's picking back up in chapter 2 and verse 1. He's following this theme in chapter 2 and verse 1. Look what he said in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Their knowledge of the truth that leads to what? To godliness. He's connecting sound doctrine, sound living. Their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. This was so important that Paul also prioritized proclaiming things, words and actions, consistent with the sound teaching of the truth of God's word to Timothy as well. If you turn to the left in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, just a couple of pages, 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 16, Paul emphasized this connection, sound doctrine and sound living, here in his letter to Timothy, his first letter to Timothy, verse 16, pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Say that with me out loud. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in Zeus and so in doing, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. He said, pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Again, the connection, sound doctrine, teaching, sound living life. Our knowledge of God's word, our knowledge of God's truth should lead us to live God's way. The more we know God's word, the more we should live God's way. So Paul shared with Titus and these elders and pastors then, but also now, today, for elders and pastors, that we are to proclaim, preach, teach God's people about sound doctrine and sound duty about sound beliefs and sound behaviors. Our walk, 
our words and our works should be consistent with God's word. And this is how sound teaching helps us to link up sound teaching with sound living. And it began with the sound leadership for those who will make sure that there's sound teaching so that there can be sound living. So a simple question as we begin this chapter two, we're going to focus in chapter two is going to fall for us as we make our way through. It's going to fall for us along this line of sound teaching. He's going to continue emphasizing sound teaching. In chapter one, he was emphasizing sound leadership and he got real specific and we're better for that. Now in chapter two, he's going to emphasize sound teaching. He's going to get real specific with that in the coming weeks. And so what is sound teaching? Let's just get a real simple definition for sound teaching. Summarize it in this way. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's word. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's word. Sound teaching is teaching that leads to sound living. Sound teaching leads us to sound living. I like what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 3. He said, if anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the teaching that promotes godliness. So sound teaching is the opposite of false teaching. Sound teaching is teaching what Jesus Christ taught. Sound teaching is teaching that promotes godliness. Sound teaching is teaching that convicts us of our sin. Sound teaching is teaching that leads us to confess our sins to God. Sound teaching is teaching that leads us to forsake our sin. Sound teaching is teaching that leads us to grow in our faith in Christ Jesus. Sound teaching is teaching that leads us to live holy lives. Sound teaching is teaching that encourages us to obey Jesus. Sound teaching is teaching that encourages us to say no to temptation. Sound teaching is teaching that encourages us to, if possible, as far as it depends on us, to seek to live at peace with everyone. Sound teaching is teaching that encourages us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Sound teaching is teaching that encourages us to present our requests to God. Sound teaching is teaching that we can believe in. Sound teaching is teaching that we can live by. Sound teaching is teaching that we can rely on. Sound teaching is teaching that we can share with others. Sound teaching is teaching that produces mature godly followers of Jesus Christ. Sound teaching is teaching that points others to Jesus Christ. Sound teaching is teaching that pleases and glorifies God. Sound teaching is what God wants for you and for me. It's healthy. It's wholesome. It's pure. It's right. It's good. It's beneficial, it's profitable, it's useful for you and for me. Sound teaching cheers us. Sound teaching comforts us. Sound teaching convicts us. Sound teaching challenges us. Sound teaching ultimately is what God uses by his spirit in us to change us to be more like God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we see all throughout 
the scriptures. This emphasis on sound teaching. What God desires for you and for me. And so Paul is making this clear to Titus in this chapter. And so as we make our way uh, through the next few weeks, as we make our way through this chapter, we're going to see the role of sound teaching, and we're going to see how each one of us as followers of Jesus Christ, the beginning part and the focus again specifically is the elders, pastors, overseers who are in view, Titus and all those in the churches in Crete. But we're also going to learn as we make our way through uh, that sound teaching is for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, as Bible teachers, as fathers, as mothers, as brothers in Christ, as sisters in Christ. And so we understand how this is important from the very beginning, but you're to proclaim things that are consistent with sound teaching. So as we make our way, we're going to see where each one of us fits into this picture, because as we make our way through chapter two, we're going to find out Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we like it or not, we're all in view in chapter 2. And just a heads up, as we get into the month of May, we're also going to have an opportunity. One of the many blessings that we have in this church family is that God is at work in us, for us, through us, and around us. And and this passage is going to come to life in 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 a real, very exciting way, a very uh, biblical way here. We're going to actually ha- have an opportunity to, to walk in the Word in chapter 2. We'll have an opportunity as we make our way uh, into May. We'll have a couple of Sundays there where we're able to see uh, what this chapter 2 is talking about, and we're literally going to put it into practice uh, here within our own church family. It has God's working in us in amazing ways uh, from the front of the house all the way to the back of the house and every classroom in between. God's at work growing uh, soldiers for Jesus Christ. We're going to get a chance to, to see that as we make our way through chapter 2. So this is going to be an amazing, amazing study of this second chapter focused in on sound teaching. So let's look at some benefits of sound teaching. Uh, there's many that we can look at. Uh, let me just give you a few this morning. Number one, sound teaching. There's all these, these amazing benefits. Sound teaching blesses us. Sound teaching blesses us because it fills us with God's word, which helps us to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. Peter told us about this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. He said, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. So we know that the pure truth of God's word, the sound teaching of the pure truth of God's word, helps us to grow up into our salvation, helps us and nourishes us so that we can grow up in our faith in Jesus, in our knowledge of Jesus, in our obedience to Jesus, in our witness for Jesus. The sound teaching of God's word blesses us in so many ways, and it helps us to grow up in our faith in Jesus, we also see that Paul agreed in 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 6. He said, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching. Say that. Good teaching. One more time. The good teaching that you have followed. The good teaching of God's word, the sound teaching of God's word nourishes our faith in God. Sound teaching also helps us not only to be blessed, but it helps us to bless one another. As Paul told us there, we bless one another by pointing out the truth of God's word to 
one another. We're able to bless one another. Day by day, throughout our weeks, in person, by text, phone calls, emails, all kinds of different ways that we can bless one another. And one of the key ways we can bless one another is Paul told Timothy, if you point these things out, we bless one another as we point out the truth of God's word to one another in love. In love. With gentleness and respect. Helping to bless those that God places around us. When we're going through challenging times. We need to provide our brothers and sisters with a listening ear. We listen to them so that we can hear their hearts. We can understand where they're at, what they're going through, so the Holy Spirit can speak to us through them as they're speaking and as they're sharing and pouring their hearts out. We're asking the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us as they're pouring their hearts out to us. And then as we listen to them and as they get to that point where they've shared their hearts, then we pray and we hope that by the power of the Holy Spirit of the Lord, he then is able to encourage us to be able to bless them by gently and lovingly pointing out the truth of God's word to them that specific to what they have just shared with us. That's a way that we bless one another. So God's word, the sound teaching of God's word blesses us. Sound teaching encourages us as well. Sound teaching encourages us. That's why Paul told Titus, hold on to the faithful messages taught so that you may be able to encourage God's people with sound teaching. The encouragement of the scriptures gives us hope. The encouragement of the scriptures helps us to live God's way. The encouragement of the scriptures helps us to love God's way. The encouragement of the scriptures spurs us on towards love and good deeds. The encouragement of the scriptures helps us to say no to sin. As the writer of Hebrews told us, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. So one of the ways that we bless one another, one of the ways that we're able to encourage one another is through the truth of God's word to one another. Because as we share God's word with one another, it helps us not to fall prey to sin's deception, to the deceitfulness of the lies of our enemy, Satan, who's constantly bombarding our minds with his lies. This is why Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and what? Teaching. Sound teaching encourages us. Sound teaching leads to sound living. You link it up. Sound doctrine leads to sound duty. Right teaching leads to right living. So pastors, elders, overseers, Bible teachers were to preach and teach sound doctrine and sound living. Let me give you an example. An example is something as simple as this. You can take this and you can use this uh, with your children. Uh, you can use this in your homes, uh, in your families, in your friendships. A real simple teaching point, sound doctrine. We'll focus on sound doctrine. That's teaching the truth of God's word. Sound doctrine, Ephesians 4.29. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up others in need, so that it may give grace to those who hear. No foul language should come from your mouth. No unwholesome talk should come from your mouth, but only what is helpful, only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. That's the sound doctrine. So we teach sound doctrine. 
Now, if we just stop there and have our children or have others, I want you to memorize this verse, sound doctrine. This is sound doctrine. That's good, but we need to add sound living. Because sound doctrine produces sound living, right teaching produces right living. And so the sound doctrine of God's word leads us to live it out. And so we need to proclaim things that are consistent, words and actions that are consistent with sound doctrine. So here's the sound living that comes off the sound doctrine. Encourage others. Forgive others. Listen to others. Pray with others. Pray for others. Speak God's truth and love to others. Ask God for wisdom so that you can understand others. Ask God for strength so you can see others the way God sees others. Ask God for strength so that you can respond to others the way God wants you to respond to others. These are the things, the words and actions that are consistent with the sound doctrine of God's word. And so what you see is the sound doctrine of God's word leads to actions that are consistent with the sound doctrine of God's word. And so you end up continuing to help train and help teach and help transform lives by not just saying, this is what God said, but saying, this is what God said, and this is how you live out what God said, because sound teaching leads to sound living. It encourages us. It's encouraging for us to hear that we're to speak words that build up folks according to their needs because there's others who are listening. Every time we're speaking to somebody, you know this as well as I do, somebody's listening. There's oftentimes many somebodies who are listening. They may be in the booth behind you. They may be to the table next to you. They may be in the car seats behind you. They may be in the hallway where you think they're in the room and they're actually in the hallway listening. And so we teach the sound doctrine. We live that out, but we also are able to help understand, okay, now how do I live out that sound doctrine? And we share with others how. It's encouraging. Sound doctrine, it, it, it teaches us and it, it encourages us. It blesses us. We know that sound teaching also protects us. Sound teaching protects us from false teachers. Sound teaching protects us from false teaching. Sound teachers protects us. Sound teaching helps to protect us from turning away from God, his word, his people, and his praise. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verses 3 and 4, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. I'd say that time is here. But according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Sound teaching protects us from focusing on listening to what we want to hear because sound teaching is teaching us what God wants us to hear. It's teaching that we need to hear. Sound teaching is teaching that you and I need to hear. It's the teaching that's best for us. And it protects us from falling into that crowd that can get caught up in multiplying teachers around them who are going to tell them what they want to hear rather than what God has declared in his word. And so sound teaching protects us from those false teachers and, and false teaching that would lead us away from truth and that would lead us into myths that 
will take us further and further away from God. And then we see that sound teaching unites us. A fourth blessing is sound teaching unites us. Sound teaching unites us in our faith in Jesus. We have been saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. Every one of us as a follower of Jesus Christ has received forgiveness of sin by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him, in Christ Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. Every one of us, we are united together in our faith in Christ Jesus. And the sound teaching of God's word helps to continue uniting us in our faith in Jesus. The sound teaching of God's word unites us together in our focus on Jesus. We desire as followers of Jesus to walk as he walked, to live as he lived, to love as he loved. We desire to follow after Christ, knowing that he will make us fishers of people. We desire to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us in his word. And we know, as we are united together in our faith, we're united together in our focus on Jesus, we know that God is with us every step of our way to the end of the age. But we know that sound teaching also unites us in our fellowship through Jesus. We are family, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And we have fellowship with one another. We have community with one another. We have partnership with one another. As brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we're linked together by the blood of Jesus for all eternity. And this is a beautiful thing for us. We're united together in our fellowship through Jesus. It means we want to love one another as Christ has loved us. We want to serve one another in love. We want to look to one another's interests and not just to our own. We want to make sure that we carry one another's burdens, and in so doing, we fulfill the law of Christ. We want to make sure that we encourage one another daily so that none of us is led astray by sin's deception. We want to make sure that we are speaking God's truth in love to one another. We want to make sure that we bless one another and encourage one another and comfort one another with the comfort we have received from God. This is the fellowship that is ours through Christ Jesus. We want to pray with and for one another. I mean, there are folks who come in here every single Sunday, every week, and they are at the brink. They're dealing with struggles of faith. They're dealing with struggles of frustration. They're dealing with struggles and circumstances that they want no part of. They're dealing with circumstances that they really had nothing to do with. It was a situation. It was decisions. It was situations that others made that have now impacted them and has cascaded into their lives and is weighing down on them. They're dealing with issues in regards to their health, news uh, that they received the previous week in regards to their health, or maybe the health of their family members. Man, there are folks who come in here every week, and they're on the brink, and what they need is a brother or sister to come around them and to pray, to pray and encourage, to bless. And this is this fellowship that is ours in Christ Jesus. God has spoken to us. In his word, he's given us a sound teaching of his word, and he's told us how we're to live it out, how we're to respond, and we respond to the word by living it out and loving one another, praying with one another, for one another, encouraging one another, blessing one another, communicating with one another. God has united us, sound teaching unites us. 
in our fellowship, but we also know sound teaching unites us in our future in Jesus. We know that we're victors, overcomers, and more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? This world is not our home. We are in it, but we're not of it. God has saved us out of this world by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back for you and for me because Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back to you. So I can take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. He's coming back for you and for me as followers of Jesus Christ. And so until that point in time comes for us, we continue to soak in the sound teaching of the Word of God so that we can then live it out in our day-to-day lives, in the ministry that God gives us to one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and all those God places around us, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our hallways, in our neighborhoods, all those places that God places around us, gives us influence. We're to live out that sound doctrine that God continues to pour into us week in and week out, day in and day out, as we spend time in the Word of God. You see, these four benefits of sound teaching are actually also four reasons for us as pastors, elders, overseers, Bible teachers, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to continue to work hard at the preaching and teaching and the obeying of God's word. God wants us to continue to live out the truth of his word because God's word, his, the sound teaching of God's word exposes Satan and his tactics and temptations. The sound teaching of God's word equips us with the truth of God's word that we need in our day-to-day lives. And the sound teaching of God's word encourages us to live out that sound teaching so that we can walk in victory over our enemy who is defeated. And we have the victory over in Christ Jesus. So what is our application? What is your application? What is my application today? It's real simple. God wants us to live what we learn from his word once again. Sound doctrine leads to sound duty, sound teaching, to sound living. God wants us to live what we learn from his word by the power of his Holy Spirit alive and at work in us. Not by our power. That won't last us very long. It probably won't get us through lunch. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God who is alive and at work in us. See, it's the Holy Spirit of God that allows us to live in our victory in Jesus, our freedom in Jesus. Allows us to overcome because Jesus overcame sin, Satan, and death on the cross, and we can now overcome. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. As our worship team comes to, to lead in our response through worship, as we shared earlier, when God speaks to us, he wants a response of faith and obedience from us. So now's our opportunity to respond. Maybe it's by just simply worshiping him through these words that we'll be singing in just a moment. Maybe it's to go and to pray with a brother in Christ, to pray for a brother in Christ. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They would love to pray with you and pray for you. Any need, care, concern that you've got, they would love to pray with you for you. Listen, I want to just encourage you, if you need prayer this morning, I believe this is, In agreement, these are things consistent with sound teaching. If you need prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to be bold. I want to encourage you to be courageous. If you need prayer this morning, I want you to just simply stand up. You don't have to tell us what. You don't have to tell us what. I want you to be courageous, be humble, stand. 
Stand up and say, I am one who needs prayer this morning. I'm not going to ask you to tell us what. I'm not going to ask you to share the specifics of what it is. But I want to encourage you, if you came into this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor, what I need is I I truly need prayer. Then I want to encourage you to stand up and I want to encourage you to come and stand here at the front. And I want to encourage you to do that because I also then want to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit at work and alive in us to respond to things consistent, words in action with sound teaching, to respond and to come and to pray for one of our brothers or sisters in Christ, to just pray God's blessings over them. You may not know the specific need, care, concern, but what you do know is that God has called us, the sound teaching of his word, to ask and it will be given to us, to seek and we will find, to knock and the door will be opened. He's called us to pray at all occasions, with all kinds of prayers for all the saints. God has called us to intercessory prayer. That's a doctrine of his word. That's a teaching that he wants us to live out by doing just that. And I think we would all, if we were to be asked individually, would you want anyone to come into the worship center this morning with a burden, prayer, need, a request that they left carrying that same burden without having someone pray for them? I think every one of us would say, oh, no, 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 no. We would hope and pray that someone would pray over them and pray for them and for that need. And so this is one way that we can make sure that happens. It's unusual, it's different, but I believe it falls right in the line with what God has told us. But you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. If you've yet to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then then we would love for today to be the day of salvation for you. We'd love today to be the state day of salvation for you to be able to say yes to Jesus. He took your place on the cross. Thank you, brother. Come stand right up here. He took your place on the cross and paid your price for sin. So that you don't have to live separated from him for all eternity. Thank you, sister. If you need prayer, come up. If you need prayer, make your way up as these are doing. You don't have to tell us What it is, we're just asking if you need prayer just to make your way up here because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the midst of my brothers and sisters in Christ right here. Maybe it's a prayer for yourself. Maybe it's a prayer for somebody else that you know. It's not just for you. Maybe you're coming up here standing in the place of somebody else. God knows that. He'll move. He'll work. We're here ready to respond. We've got folks standing. I don't, want, I don't want anybody to be standing alone. We've got folks standing. They're standing for themselves. They're standing representing someone else. We're going to stand and we're going to worship through song. And when we do, I want my brothers and sisters in Christ to move as the Spirit leads to move, to come pray for these brothers, these sisters. Let's stand and let's say yes to the Father this morning. Let's move and work.